to me. Ah! Walking on Wednesday Comics, to my right, Alex Pastrello himself, the pastrami sandwich. How you doing? Good. I think I'm going to go by Brick Bazooka, because that was uh, the soundtrack from Small Soldiers. <laughs> to my uh, Also from Rush Hour. Yeah, a lot of movies about war, So, and we have a comic today talking about war. So, uh, to my left, that voice you just heard, that's Garrett. Garrett, how are you doing? Hello, hello. Um, oh, you know, hanging in there. Wednesday Comics Podcast. My name is Marvin. We're here to tell you the comics coming out for this week. Uh, six, one, and six, two. Also reviewing some comics and talking some comic news. We also have uh, some voicemails to go over. Uh, a little up top here. We were speaking about before the show, and I said, let's hold it for the show. Uh, we only have one new comic to review this week, and that's Sweet Tooth, the uh, the last issue in, in the Sweet Tooth uh, book club. So, Garrett, I don't know if you remember that uh, to pick a new book. I do remember. Okay. Yep. So, um, so I'll start. Well, Garrett, you moved, which obviously always is a time sink, moving, uh, cleaning, you know, getting stuff in. So that was Garrett uh, had a lot of time with moving. Uh, Alex had enough time. He finished. He was the only responsible one. Uh, and uh, here's what happened to me, boys. I, t- I was telling you before the show, and I said, let me say it for the show. I want to get your reaction live on tape. Um, because last weekend, uh, m- the old air conditioning uh, took its final breath. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> so I called the guy. He came over, and he was like, hey, yeah, yeah. And he was like, yeah, that thing's so old. I don't even know where to find parts for that. And the Freon that goes in there, he goes, I don't even know if they make that kind anymore. So he goes, you probably just have to get their place. So I go, okay. So we set up a time. The guy comes Thursday. Uh, this is uh, not Thursday. Tuesday. And he's like, uh, okay, yeah, we can uh, do this. We got all squared away. We get the pricing now. We get everything cleared. I go, okay, well, what time can we install it? Uh, which, first off, I thought that he was coming to install it. But I guess he was just coming to do an uh, uh, evaluation. Um <laughs> Uh, June 11th is the soonest date. Oh, no. And if you've been looking at the forecast, we'll talk about it later (laughs) later today. (laughs) I might be dead by next week. Who knows? Um, (laughs) It'll be like being in the office or the the studio all day long, every day. Well, that's what I was saying. If you know normally how hot the uh, studio is, you can imagine right now uh, where I'm at. So... Uh, and today was not that hot. Uh, what was it, Alex? 80, 81, 82? Yeah, it was 82 or something today. Isn't that bad? Not horrible. A little hot, but not bad. And the wind was light. Uh, so, you know, it wasn't... Actually, it was a beautiful day. I was out there because uh, uh, the... Uh, oh, also, speaking about the beautiful weather, here's the other thing that kind of knocked me in my ass this week. Uh, <laughs> my allergies. Uh, I've been getting the one-two punch. From the grass and the tree pollen, it's been on high alert since uh, Tuesday. Tuesday, wake up, you know, you get the crusties, but then I like couldn't see all day because of my allergies kept watering up my eyes. So I took three medications. That's three. Uh, finally, felt okay. And but today, same thing. And I look at the five day forecast for allergies. Uh, it's supposed to get worse by Saturday. So uh, oh. there's that. I'm dying because of that and the heat. And then today, I had the day off, uh, went to a few appointments, one of them being a dentist appointment, and I uh, got a nice cleaning done, as you do, and uh, mouth a little sore today. So uh, I was like, am I going to be able to do this show? And I go, yeah, I can do this show. Um, but, you know, a little sensitive, you know, when you when they're poking and prodding, be a little sensitive sometimes. So it's not that bad. I, yeah, I work through it. But also, it does not help that I was like, oh. You got to talk later for at least an hour and a half. So uh, just try not, <laughs> try not to clench the teeth, and then that'll be fine. Um, 
So I had all that going on. So that's why I didn't. I only uh, read the the. Actually, I read Strange Adventures nine and ten back to back because I realized I had bought nine, but I never read it. Um, and then I read the final issue in our book club for Sweet Tooth. So, uh, and we'll talk about that later on in this show. But before we get there, let's see. How do I want to do this? Let's do the voicemail first. We have. Uh, uh, well, I'll just let it play itself out, and we'll see how this goes. And I said, I want to talk to Marvin. Mar- Marvin, are you there? Marvin, I've been arguing with your secretary for probably the last five minutes about connecting me to you. <laughs> I don't understand what's going on. Oh, sorry. It's Sergeant America. Boom! <laughs> uh, sorry I haven't uh, called for a while, guys. Uh, like I said, I've been busy arguing with your secretary and, you know, writing your phone number on just about every bathroom wall I can find. So I hope that's worked out for you guys. Uh, listening to your uh, Johnny Thunder episode and talking about that wonderful, you know, what do we do with uh, free comic book day? Uh, I remember when I would go down to Rainbow Comics, uh, Cards and Collectibles uh, on Minnesota Avenue. And uh, every time I was there, there, there's like four little punks uh, already waiting by the door. They had lawn chairs. I think they slept there all night. And then every year I'd go a little earlier, same four little punks usually were hanging out there again. And I said, if I ever find out who those four little punks are, I'm going to get them. Well, I think I've narrowed it down. But anyway, uh, I was pretty much a trade guy for the longest time. I mean, like you guys said, uh, you know, five issues, six issues at a time, you know, getting a whole story arc. Uh, I am, of course, also especially cheap, and so, you know, half price free comic book day just made sense every time to go in there, snag up good, uh, loving it. So that's what free comic book day was for me. <clears throat> it wasn't the free ones. It was collecting all those trades, uh, half price, uh, giving me tons to read, and that kind of leads into your guys' discussion of single issues versus uh, trades. Uh, trades are for readers. Trades are for that person maybe who lives on their own, uh, maybe gets a great uh, digital deal or they don't get to read too often. So they uh, get a big chunk to read and, and really absorb. And, of course, you know, usually the best comics for the longest time were going to trade. And, you know, those crud issues were just here and there, and they, they weren't collected. Uh, I got into single issues when I was on a roundtable discussion about comics that was uh, pretty much weekly, or it was just off a week, and that was why I was collecting weekly, was so that I had participation, and I think that's the thing that you guys uh, need to keep in mind. The new format of reading issue by issue, I think, is a really good thing to do in your book club, because so long as there is a compelling story, kind of like we talked about with WandaVision, if you can pick apart each issue and discuss it with your friends, that's amazing. If you're just going to consume or it's, you know, the most. Okay, so um, uh, there's a three-minute limit on the voicemail. Uh, so Sarge got cut off, but he did not stop that from calling back. Susie Q, I cannot believe you cut me off as I was talking to Marvin. I know I'm a little bit long-winded. But anyway, uh, you know, issue to issue, as long as there's things to, to you know, discuss, that's what matters. And, and sitting there and talking with your friends, that's what's really important. And those big trades, 
those are just to read a simple story, maybe the stuff you've already collected and enjoy from time to time. So, uh, Sergeant America signing out. Sarge there with a little uh, follow-up from our talk about traits versus issues and and, uh, how people are reading nowadays, plus our discussion about Free Comic Book Day. Um, I I mean, I agree. Like, I feel like, I think I was talking about that the trade market is something, I mean, if you look at numbers, that's where the audience is nowadays uh, because it's just easier. Pick up a trade and read it. Uh, It really is week-to-week as collectors or people who really want to talk about it on a week-to-week basis with their friends and, and have some you you would have to have some i don't know i don't think i would read a weekly comic book if we weren't discussing it like if i didn't have anybody else who read comics actually back in the day before uh alex got comics and before i met uh garrett and uh hashtag guess those one uh i used to get a comic comics like once a month i would just get them all um i guess that's still monthly but even there's some that would come out every two weeks so i would be behind a little bit on those but uh i it literally wasn't the urgency where i was like oh it's wednesday i should get my comics as it used to be so uh i don't think that'll ever become mainstream because it really is not how anybody kind of thinks about any kind of media uh besides tv but tv i feel like is different in a way uh because TV is always at a certain time and channel, uh, or if it's streaming, it comes out either all at once or at the same day and stuff like that. I feel like it's easier for people to kind of ignore until it comes out. Where comic books, you really kind of have to be like make an effort to get every week. So, what do you guys think? So, okay, now when I use when I was caught up about like five years ago. Uh, it's when I used to actually have Wednesdays off and I had a schedule for how my Wednesday would go. I would wake up, I'd go get a cup of coffee at Scooters. I would drop a cup off to my mom. I'd go to the comic book store, wait half an hour before it even opened, go inside, get my books, go get my mom, go have lunch, go home. And then I'd read in the afternoon. So this was before I had uh, a wife, before I was a dad, I had Wednesdays off and it was the best. I still have days where I go, I wish I had Wednesdays off. Because that's all I want to do is go read comic books. But I, I mean, I was always caught up because that's what I did every Wednesday. So it was like a set schedule of time of when I get to read my books. I also didn't get every book under the sun. I only got 10 books that week. Garrett, what do you think, actually? Because you're kind of, uh, we're having this discussion actually before the show started. Yeah. Um, I dig, you know, it is funny to me that it took us like how many years to be like, whoa, what if we dissected a trade over multiple episodes because we have so much, you know, like we record every week. Why wouldn't we try that out? And, um, you know, we, I was so used to us doing it, you know, just a whole trade, but like, I feel like we were always like getting, getting pretty deep in the book, but like we, it's hard to do it justice because there's so many issues. So if you like more than five issues, you know, we read some that were like 12 issues. You know, you got to be like, okay, we have an hour to discuss this book that has so much content, you know, so much, like, so much different issue per issue. I really like this format where you can really see how the book progresses and, like, you know, digest what's going on bit by bit. You know, like, as if we were doing, like, we were collecting a weekly comic and, like, that's fun. Like, I think that's fun and it gives me something to look forward to. Like, I don't have to wait a month anymore like most of the stuff we review is already out so it's like i just wait a week and i get to read the next issue and everything's still fresh so that i think it makes it more enjoyable to like 
be caught up and know what's going on and you don't have, like you know strange adventures it took me a couple seconds to kind of figure out where we were i know we'll talk about it later but it's like when you have a book that doesn't come out until like every other month it's like whoa like i'm kind of forgetting where i'm at in this story i think also like you were saying Garrett, like there would be issues where there'd be a lot of stuff to the to talk about and there would be issues where I wouldn't like that issue so when we talked about it as a whole it was very hard for me to figure out like what did I want to specifically talk about <clears throat> like I'll talk about it overall which you know as an overall story uh, we can certainly have that discussion but I think it I do find it nice now to see where from issue one my thoughts on Sweet Tooth and then what I'm going to be saying today and and if that's changed it's remained the same or uh, what exactly has happened from reissue to issue, and I think it's more compelling. Uh, because even if we used to do it all at once, I would be like, you know, I really wasn't into this, and then around three, four, it kind of picked up. And I feel like it's uh, for somebody who's really curious, like, what do you mean picked up? What was not good about it? Uh, this way works better. So, um, I, I do think that uh, the idea of reading like a trade with your friends and then dissecting it that is more of a time sink also than doing what we're doing like once a week read this book and so uh garrett later will uh let us know what the next book is uh but you know what sergeant did not let him he was uh obviously uh our secretary i forget what her name was oh yeah uh cora um cut him off and uh he called back to finish that voicemail but then all of a sudden he called back again i don't know what he's talking about here we go sergeant america coming at you boom hey i thought i'd uh join you guys for your book club uh i just finished invincible uh, haha, I'm kidding. Uh, Invincible, Omnibus, and Digital I got cheap, and I've been reading about once every year, once every other year. So I forgot actually how slow the beginning is because of the Omnibus. You know, I powered through, and like I mentioned previously to you guys, those are about getting long, great storylines. So I barely even noticed the beginning because of how good everything ended up at the end. Uh, thank you guys for covering Invincible. Loved it. So, uh, to touch on it, try anything. What else you guys did for your book club? Uh, Jeff Lemire, I did read the first trade of Sweet Tooth a long time ago. That artwork, I'm sorry, that's always what held me back. It was a decent story. Uh, thank you guys for all you do in your book club. Bye bye. Oh, that's what he says. Bye bye. The, uh, the, um, Google, uh, excuse me, Cora, when she wrote it out to me, uh, wrote lullaby. And I was like, why did you say the lullaby at the end? Uh, had, well, it was a lullaby to hear Sarge uh, call because it's been a hot second. It has been a little bit. Uh, reading Invincible and in, uh, uh, Omnibus and Digital, because they had a sale, right, Gary? You, you, you could have managed that sale, too. Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, right after Comicsology Unlimited made the whole series for free. But yeah, yeah, I mean... Uh, I did buy the whole series for a big sale. Um, <laughs> There's no bitterness in your voice. Nope. I love when the thing that you paid for just becomes free. It's great. Uh, the Invincible show, which Alex, uh, before we started recording, talked about that he's he's finished it. I am, I am still actually where I was prior when we spoke about it. And Garrett, you haven't started yet, right? Nope, have not started, but hope to. I will, you know, maybe by July. I will say where I'm at. I'm about almost. <laughs> I'm almost done. I have to have two episodes left. Alex fish, finishing it. Alex, am I wrong in saying that that series has made me want to go back and actually finish that comic? Because I feel like that first trade is not a true reflection of what that comic could be. 
I so the first episode I was like, oh okay, this is okay. And then from about two until six, I didn't care for seven, eight, nine, or yeah, eight, nine, fantastic. The the show is so good. Yeah, it makes me want to read the book. I, I and th- to know what things have changed. I do think that first trade I still hold true with what we said on that that episode. That first trade is not what I was expecting, and but also you realize that it's not like the rest of the comic because in the show they barely even talk about what happens in that first trade. They kind of like do it and like what like in the ten minute kind of scene, uh, and then basically that's it. There's like little things peppered in here and there, but they really don't focus on what the actual focus on uh, that first trade is in the uh, show at all. So. Um, there's some great characters that pop up that we didn't see in that first trade that I really love on the show. So it does make me excited and uh, to uh, go back and read it. Now that I just heard that it's free on Comicsology Unlimited, so I'm going to go check that out. Um, uh, but Alex, uh, you know my favorite character. I won't. We won't get no spoilers. I'm just going to say he's, he's a detective. Uh, I really, yes. really like that guy. So uh, you know what? Sarge called us back one more time. So here you go. You like that, baby? I know you like that. In high school, they used to call me, hey, you weird kid reading comics. Oh, hey, Marvin, I didn't realize you picked up the phone. I was just chatting with your secretary. It's Sergeant America coming at you. Boom! Hey, I was just going to tell you guys, uh, it's such a wonderful gathering. Uh, I know that I got invited to your uh, free comic book day this August. I'm letting you know I can't make it. I'm already booked that day. Uh, of course, that's why I'm always busy. I, I have uh, my daughter's birthday around that time, so um, you know I, I'd, I'd be there if I could. I know I'm the heart and spirit of our group. You know, we're always like, "Hey, where's Sarge?" And I'm like, "Hey, I had to go to the bathroom." But I know you guys are missing me. I miss you too. Sorry, I can't make it. Don't worry, I'm still looking through the window at you guys, and I'll chat with you later. There you go, uh, Sarge, <laughs> with a little final. Uh, voicemail. You know, actually, he's flirting with that secretary, and as I mentioned before, Cora is our secretary. He's a little inside baseball for people who don't know. That's actually, I took Corey's or hashtag guesthost1, I took his mind, put it in an AI, and uh, she became our secretary. So that's actually Corey. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so uh, Corey still was on the show. He still does a duty on the show, and uh, that's what he does. He takes our voicemail. So that's 605 215 49 if you'd like to leave a voicemail, uh, as Sarge America did. Thank you for those voicemails, Sarge. Uh, you know what? Not you know He made a joke about it, but uh, everybody knows Sarge, uh, especially like in that line for Free Comic Book Day, that I could say to everybody, hey, anybody seen Sarge? And they would all know who I'm talking about. So um, uh, I think I, I when I was on uh, Comic Book Look, I mentioned that Sarge is like the uh, – guest character who appears on all shows. He's the one who connects them all so that you know they're part of the same universe. And that's Sarge. Which, who was that? I feel like there's a TV show where there's one person that went to like everything. Or maybe movie? Coulson, I guess? Yeah, Agent Coulson. Man. Coulson or Sam Jackson, I guess? One of the two. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Combo. I'm going to call him the Coulson of the group. That fits more. So he's the Agent Coulson. Uh, always showing up and um, that's how you know they're connected. I did double check Invincible on Comicsology is only up to issue fifty three out of a hundred and whatever. So, oh, so you still have some of them yeah. that okay. So you're not you're half mad now. Yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a third mad. Okay, so I think there's like hundred and forty one issues or something. So. Uh, speaking about Invincible and Robert Kirkman, let's get into the comic books 
that came out this week and the ones we recommend, three of them this week. Uh, start first with Firepower by Robert Kirkman, Chris Samney, Matthew Wilson. Uh, the cover I'm looking at is the Frank Quitely uh, cover. I haven't seen Frank in a little bit here. He does covers now, and they always look fantastic. Uh, celebrating one full year of Firepower. What a wild ride it's been, and everything has been leading to this moment. The Scorched Earth Clan and the Ordering of the Flaming Fist face off one final time. Owen Johnson has fully re-entered the world he left behind, and from this point on, everything changes. This oversized issue is not to be missed. Uh, Garrett, what do you think? Firepower. Uh, wow. Yeah, a year of firepower. Uh, this book, you know, always intrigued me uh, from the, the concept of he shoots fireballs. And I was like, you know, I know there's Avatar, obviously, that we all think of. And I was like, but hey, this is just fireballs, you know, so firepower, you know, a cool martial arts book like that. No one's really uh, cracked the egg on that uh, corner of the comic book market. So I was excited to finally read a book uh, where there's some martial arts involved and couldn't think of a better team than Kirkman and Samney. And it has not disappointed one time since I picked up that prequel graphic novel. So uh, long, beautiful fight scenes, great story, great character development. And I'm like, 12, I mean, something big's going to happen this issue, and I can't wait to find out what, uh, you know, based off the end of last issue, I can only imagine it's going to be a pretty packed full uh, 12th issue leading on to the, hopefully it's not the end. If that's the conclu- if that's the twist, I'm going to be pissed. Cause <laughs> I'm going to be like, are you fucking kidding me? I hope this stays around. For it just says, oh, actually, I forgot, I forgot to read this part of the solicit. It does say end of story arc, not end of story. So. Oh, good. I, you know, the weird thing is that you mentioned who writes the book, Robert Kirkman, and I forgot every time I read the book because it doesn't feel like a Robert Kirkman book. I did not read all of uh, Walking Dead. I've only read a little bit of Invincible, Oblivion Song, whatever. I, this doesn't feel like a Kirkman book. This felt well, I mean, so. Tell the people, Alex, I feel like you read enough of Walking Dead to understand his writing. How much, so you read seven volumes of the trades, right? Yeah, I think I've got like 10 of them, yeah. yeah. But it just seems so much lighthearted. I mean, I mean, I realize that's the book. And a part of it is, is obviously uh, Samney's art uplifting that style. And the colors are, are vibrant and exciting. So maybe that's the thing, is as the combination is so fantastic and like fantastical yeah. that it just doesn't feel as gritty and bloody and um, punishing as what Walking Dead would have been. And even Oblivion Song was way more of a downer than I thought it would be. Well, I would say, actually, <clears throat> that's pretty spot on, Alex. Like, the uh, the reason why, initially, when Garrett was like, this book is so good, uh, I know when you read new books, everyone else, you feel a little hyped, and it might be that Garrett is like, oh, this is great. And then when I read it, I was like, there's no way you can live up to what Garrett is actually saying. It's probably <laughs> great, but it's not going to be, like, this mind-blowing thing. And I actually was very, very impressed with it. Uh, not only the action by Chris, uh, Chris Amney and Matthew Wilson and how they portray that, but what you're saying. Like, <clears throat> it doesn't feel like a Kirkman book. Like, when I got Oblivion Song, and I'm glad that you brought it up, like, that feels like Walking Dead. That feels like, you know, the same Kirkman that I got bored with in The Walking Dead because it was, you know, the same kind of plot for everything. They would find somebody, not trust them, and they would get in trouble, yada, yada. And it was in a post-apocalyptic. So there's a lot of similarities and so I got kind of turned off by that. I kind of got soured on Kirkman from the end of Walking Dead, uh, a, a writer who I I love so much that uh, I read up to issue like issue 100 just that came out, and I hadn't read any Walking Dead, and I read 100 issues like in two weeks uh, to catch up. Um, 
that's you know old Marvin, not new Marvin. Uh, all hundred <laughs> issues in two weeks, and uh, and that's the reason why, like with Invincible, I was kind of hesitant and never read it because of like I was so focused on Walking Dead and where Kirkman took that and my feelings towards that. So even like this book when it first came out, I think you can even go back in the show and be like, I'm not sure if I trust Kirkman to tell me a compelling story anymore. It's just going to be the same thing, same thing. But what you're saying is absolutely true. It doesn't feel like his other books. It's very action-packed, very adventure-like. It does feel like a grand uh, story, and it really does feel true to the the roots of which uh, these characters come from. Uh, And uh, it's fun. It is thrilling and also really action-packed. And this is the kind of thing that, you know, uh, there's – stuff that happens in this book that once again, I I think comics is the best medium for this story. But also I feel like there's just the little things like um, what's, what's the older guy's name? The small guy, his uh, Uh, sensei Lang line Wong or, Oh, wait, one. Like my, one of my favorite characters. I don't know. I, and anybody that's new to the show, I don't remember anybody's name ever. So don't take that as me not actually liking him, but he, he wears his, you know, his nice sneaks, and but he's like a badass and uh, uh it's just stuff like that where it's like i feel like in any other person's hands that would get annoying after two issues You're like yeah i used to he, it's funny because he actually you know is into you know uh he has a, sm- a smartphone and sneaks and he's into new stuff but he's an old kind of old school uh kung fu guy and it's like but you know what uh he's done very good about writing that line between not making it too cheesy and making it serious, uh, but not too serious and still making it fun. So firepower number 12, as it states, a year of firepower, which a year of firepower that we needed uh, in a time where comics kind of were hit hit and miss and uh, not really coming out. And firepower came out of nowhere and uh, surprised us all. So there we go. Uh, Deadly Class number 46, Rick Remender, Wesley Craig, or Wes Craig, as it says. Uh, Save Your Generation Part 2, a love that is as strong as it is deadly. Uh, Saya and Marcus are reunited. Will she be the flame that reunites Marcus, or will he drag her into his pit of a... Uh, uh, pit of... Oh my god, I'm going to say this wrong, even though I know this word. Apathy? Apathy. Apathy? Apathy, Jesus Christ. You know, every <laughs> once in a while I see a word, I'm like, I know what that word is, but I can't think of how you say it. Uh, and that was that word tonight. Or will they burn down the world together? Deadly Class, I feel like, since it came back, has been amazing. It's been what... And when I say came back, also the, the last arc before the last break, too. Uh, basically after the show ended. Um, uh, I feel like it's the Deadly Class that I love and enjoy. This, obviously, is way different. There's a time jump uh, from 45 and 44. Uh, and so we're in a different kind of landscape, but I uh, I think where we are now, it almost feels like, and it's not, if anybody's wondering, but it does feel like almost the post-apocalyptic class, like all the shit went down already, and now we're living in this world trying to figure out where everybody is and what the pieces are that remain, and it's very interesting to see these kind of <clears throat> worn down characters that we used to love and what the past has done to them. Uh, and so deadly classes. What do you think, here, Alex? Really good. Like the the. Hopefully, you guys can hear me just fine. I had to readjust my headset. Um, I really enjoyed the first this issue that we just got back into. I was a little disgruntled. We didn't get the backup information. I know we're going to get to that point. 
Uh, but there's so many questions that are lingering in my head. Uh, I, I need the answers, hopefully, in the next 10 issues, which I'm sure is going to happen. Um, I miss Marcus. I miss the rest of the team, though, and I get that's part of the, the story is who's lost and who's died and who ran away and blah, 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 blah. But just to get all that Marcus in the last episode or issue uh, really did reinvigorate my excitement for this book. And it feels closer to what the first year was like. Uh, and that, that makes me super excited for what else is to come. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, you know, I, we laugh because last time we saw Saya, uh, she was either she was, she was having a tough choice, either cut my arm off. Or cut this fucking log that's burning with a sword. I mean, I guess she didn't probably go that route, but so I'm assuming we're probably going to see an armless Saya. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where she's been since uh, the night at the cabin. So yeah, I'm pumped. I mean, mm. I think it it is kind of interesting. I feel like we're in a new comic book, but like you have had to read obviously <clears throat> everything before this to kind of get what's happening so yeah i mean it's very interesting and i just god i'm so excited but i know how it's gonna go it's gonna be super slow paced until the last couple issues of this arc and then it's gonna like get fucking crazy uh armless or one arm Ooh, yeah good call good call one arm one arm sire the one arm swordsman that's actually a movie i don't know if you ever seen it so i don't know uh next up talking about finales in a year of or 12 issues of, not really a year of. Uh, Family Tree, Jeff Lemire, Phil Hester, Ryan Cody, Eric Gasper, uh, series finale for us conclusion, the final issue of Jeff Lemire and Phil Hester's transformative tale, the uh, Arbitist in the Haze Battle of Flame and Flora, come to a close as mankind's fate is decided. So this is a book in which we spoke uh, to uh, Phil and Ryan Um about where the plans they saw with this book going, how long it was going to go, and at the time, and Phil had mentioned this was about a what twelve months ago, about a little little less than twelve months. Uh, he said it could go until issue twelve, or it could go until issue like twenty something. Uh, it really depends on where Jeff wants wants to end it, but and and Jeff is kind of the guy that's like, this feels like an ending. Let's do it here, and it feels like uh, I now we know that uh, issue twelve. Will be the last issue. Was Royal City issued twelve issues? What was that? Did it initially? Royal City was that twelve issues? Oh, I thought it was scheduled to be sixteen, and I thought it ended at. I thought it was ten. Yeah, I think it was. Was it ten? Maybe it was twelve or fourteen. It, it was a weird number. I remember being a weird number, like a weird spot to just end it because it took us all by surprise. Uh, I'll get up here, but um. Uh, Family Tree, what do you think here, Garrett? Um, crazy that we're already at the end of this book. I mean, I remember like two years ago at Supercon, was it two years? Who knows? Two, three years ago when we had Phil at Supercon, we were just getting amped up about this book coming out. And then to have actually gone through the entire series and now we're at the finale, like that's insane to me. Um, it's been such a great book and having like the ability to like interview the, uh, some of the creators on the book. Uh, it's just, I think it's pretty personal for all three of us. Cause like we've enjoyed the book and like we followed it since the beginning. So it's, it's pretty bittersweet. Like, uh, you know, I don't think we ever wanted this universe to, to end and who knows, you know, the way things reboot left and right, maybe there'll be another family tree volume someday. Like the, uh, you know, sweet tooth came back. 
So you never know, never say never, but yeah, I'm excited for the finale. Um, you know, we all read Gideon Falls finale, so Jeff's been just like ending all these books. So I'm like, is the new wave of uh, Jeff Lemire books coming soon? We'll see. It. Hey, yeah, two years ago we spoke about it at our live show, which you would have to have been there. Uh, we didn't record it for the podcast at all. <clears throat> but then last year when we did Supercon Online, we the book was already out. We had the, the Ryan, Ryan Cody and Jeff Lemire on, and we spoke uh, – actually – hosted the family tree panel uh and uh talked a lot about that book um speaking about uh supercon is back on this year in person uh october 1st through the third heroes homecoming it's called kind of getting away from the name scheme in the past and it makes sense based on what everything's been uh going on heroes homecoming and uh uh, the only thing I could say so far is uh, we've been every single one this year, and so it would make sense that we'd be at that one, but who knows. Uh, keep tuned for more information on that. Family Tree, looking forward to it. Alex, what do you think here? 12 issues. When I looked at, by the way, Royal City was 14 issues. Ah. Family Tree's been a, a very a good ride, and I am... Okay, so as everyone knows, I am not a big fan of endings because I never know if they're actually going to be really strong, which... I have no doubt in this team, so I'm excited to see what what we are left with, whether or not it is a finite, hey, we're done with this book, or if it still leaves, you know, lingering uh, leaves and roots that might grow into something else. But the book has been fantastic, and Phil Hester's art and the coloring is, is awesome. I am excited to have that book in my possession. I'm excited, too. I, I want to see how they ramp it up and... Uh, I, I think the same thing is going to happen with um, a family tree as it is for Royal City where we felt like, yep, that's the ending. And so, you know, you trust in the Lemire as you always do. So there we go. Uh, family tree, final issue this week. And those are the comics coming out this week. Remember, you can pick those up anytime. RainbowComicsAndCards.com, your definitive source for all things comic books. Uh, if you're in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, or Lincoln, Nebraska, go in physically into one of their stores there. Go to uh, RainbowComicsAndCards.com for more information. I had like 15 web addresses in my head at one second for some reason. Uh, Alex, f- uh, forecast, the focus forecast. Now, I, normally I say, hey, the focus forecast, let's talk about the next 24 hours. But give me the five-day uh, while we're here because of my uh, situation. Uh, am I going to be dead? <laughs> You know what, Marvin? I'm going to give you more willpower and more uh, strength than that, but you will be probably pretty close to being dead. <laughs> You'll be close, just not dead. Uh, it's going to be hotter than hell. It's going to be, what, 97 degrees come Saturday? Uh, looks about they kind of have it around 94, but I'll believe you in the 97 because uh, we know you're always more accurate. Uh, 94, 94, and then Sunday, 92, and then Monday, 92, 90 and on Tuesday, and then 91 on Wednesday. Uh, so, so I will be passing away uh, by the next comic day. Uh, no precipitation at all in that forecast. Does not even. You're gonna go uh, pick up. You know the precipitation units? is you sweating. If there's literally like no chance of rain in the next five days, uh, three of those days don't even have a chance of clouds. So I mean, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, uh, Garrett, uh, we did a purchase, uh, a portable, uh, AC unit. <laughs> I was going to say, might need to make a trip to Wally World, uh, um, <laughs> find yourself a loner. <laughs> but it's only big enough for, like, one room, and so either, uh, I think most of the day we were going to try to not be at the house, uh, and then, you know, hunker down 
while we can. And hopefully this guy calls me back because he said, hey, I might be able to get you in sooner. I'll let you know. I'm hoping. And every day I look at that phone, I'm like, please call me and be like, I'll come on Friday. And I'm like, yes, please. And I won't have to deal with any of this. But hasn't called me so far, so we'll see uh, June 11th. Uh, We'll see if I'm still here. I uh, gotta stay hydrated right now. I got a huge jug of water next to me. Uh, gotta stay hydrated in these times. So, um, reviews. Uh, first up, Strange Adventures number ten. Uh, Tom King, Mitch Garretts, Evan, Evan Doc, uh, Shanner. Uh, the penultimate penultimate issue. I would say. Uh, we're close to the end here. Um, on this book and. Let me let me take this this way because I read nine and ten back to back and and those two issues I feel like there's a lot of revelations in those issues and I feel like a big chunk of what this book means comes in issue nine and ten especially ten uh, and that's what we'll be talking about here um, but besides talking about the actual um, like what what the twists were not twist I guess but re- revelations uh, that we had the uh, reveals. That we had. Um, what is your thought from issue one to now of uh, Adam Strange, Alex? What a piece of shit! <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> I uh, not even spoilers. For the record, this this issue specifically ten is one of my favorite issues of this whole series. I mean, it's it's if not number one, if it's not number one, it's number two. This was so fantastic. Uh, I read this book and I wanted to go into this book and just beat the shit out of Adam Strange. <clears throat> and kind of like Omni-Man would in uh, Invincible, beat the shit out of the bad guys. And be like, what the fuck were you thinking? Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly where I'm at. I, this feels like, for me, Tom King's reattempt at Heroes in Crisis, because, like, I'm not sure we were all on the same page, like, on, on loving Heroes in Crisis. I mean, it hits people in different ways, but, like, this kind of feels, and I know I do this a lot, I'm sorry, everybody, because I compare a lot of things to Breaking Bad, but this feels like fucking <laughs> Adam Strange is like Walter White, you know, and to see this guy, I mean, literally the first issue, it's just, like, showing all these heroic exploits of Dr., uh, I don't know why I keep calling him Doctor. Adam Strange. Um, to see him go from that first issue to like where we're at now, I'm like, damn. It's kind of like, don't meet your heroes, because like, you find out some dirty laundry. Which That was, sorry, that was two metaphors. But I was just, I'm in shock. Like, I think that uh, I, from what I've read of Adam Strange in the past, like, you know, he never really had this in-depth of the story. And like, this... This is kind of sickening. Like this hero is not really heroic. No, he's he's a very uh, pulp kind of space character who, which you know, like uh, in the past, there's been you know, like Flash Gordon and uh, I want to say, do you guys, you you guys are probably too old, too young for this, but uh, Bucky O'Hare. Um, yep, yep. Which is kind of nope. these are all kind of takes on like this kind of space character from uh, the kind of pulp like '50s '60s comics of this. But you're right, Garrett. He's really a character who was more surface level than what we see in here. And uh, I'm glad that you brought up Heroes in Crisis because I've been trying to think like a good way to uh, wrap my mind around what this story is versus 
his past work. And I think actually you just uh, woke it up for me is that in Heroes in Crisis, it was, hey, what, what, what do these heroes have PTSD? And when do they need help to recover from that and try to get over it? But then it focused too much on Flash and his PTSD and how he killed people. And it really got muddied on what it was trying to say. Whether I don't know whose fault that is, whether it's Tom's or editorial. But I think a lot of why that never came out super clear is because he was trying to use these major characters and which had a lot of history. And so it's like, why would all of a sudden Superman and Batman and all these people have PTSD? They've never shown that in the past before. Now all of a sudden like, they seem like they're doing these different things. Now you're kind of trying to make these godlike characters human. Uh, and not that you can ever do that, but it's very, it's difficult to kind of pull that off, especially with DC behind you. If it's a in continuity story, uh, which I'm not sure if that is that in continuity still, I think and they might've just been like, Hey, Hey, this was not real. Um, I think it's black label. <clears throat> I think, I think they did change it over to black label. I don't think it was at first. I think it was in continuity, but then what happened with Wally, they were like, you can't make him fucking oh, spoilers for that. You can't make him <laughs> kill everybody. And, and, uh, you know, and not be somebody like an actual villain. It was him that killed people. And and so, but th- what's different about this is that you have Adam Strange, like you said, a character that's been more surface level, been kind of like the character that's been there, but not really to this extent. And let's explore what would happen in this kind of situation where war is not as black and white as they were trying to make you think. And the, the cover for this whole story and what Mr. Trevor couldn't figure out was that they were trying to make it black and white but it was inconsistent like why is it that and this is something actually that's been in the back of my mind and i think actually we might have discussed it once or twice but we never actually put you know a b and c together we were always like how's adam strange killing all these people but yet they're like coming to earth and they're all worried and then like they're killing phoenix and they're killing a bunch of like the town phoenix and they're really powerful here like how does that make sense i don't know how that makes sense and then it kind of turns out that they were letting Adam Strange win. Like, that's what Mr. Terrific found out. He was like, I get it now. The reason, because when you win, when when his wife, uh, um, what was his wife's name? Adriana? Elena. Elena hmm. uh, went on TV and was kind of like gung-ho about like, you know, the Justice League is weak. They're going to compromise. We're not going to compromise. We're going to kill them all. And, uh, and. We're going to do everything in our power to stop them. And and basically, everybody forgave their war crimes because it would keep them safe. And it's a very a nice way to kind of tell a story, uh, I would say, uh, about every war, probably every war in general, but really like Vietnam and any war past that point in which it's very gray about like how much do you sacrifice your humanity for safety? And in this instance, it's if you think about the way that Adam Strange makes the deal with them, and he's like, hey, and they're like, you know what? Kill a lot of our people so that way it looks like that uh, you're not on our side. So people don't even think we could be working together. And go ahead and kill. And so Adam Strange kills innocent people to, to cover up that they're actually working together and does it gleefully. Um uh, the issue nine, he gassed the town and had them all fall into a ditch. And this one, there's a bunch of people he shot in the face and a couple of people, actually there was a whole line of people that he had on their knees and was shooting them in the back of the head. And he looked happy about it. And uh, what, uh, you know, as you guys were stating, this piece of shit uh, was enjoying doing this, whether or not he's putting it on the face to make it look like he's really enjoying it. And that way you can never be like, 
oh, he doesn't want to do this. Whatever it is, you're still killing innocent people. And they were like, so we'll come to Earth and uh, you'll give us Earth. Uh, and we have your daughter. And that's kind of like the negotiating chip that they have uh, to make Adam want to do these things. But really, it's like how much is Adam, as you stated, Garrett, uh, you bring up Breaking Bad, but it's actually a good analogy. How much are you going to lose your humanity for his family and be selfish in that way? Like, it's kind of almost the question, uh, would you let somebody die to let the rest of the world live? Uh, would you basically, he, ha, uh, there's a, a massacre of these people just so that his daughter survives. And uh, whether or not you would go to these lengths like, and uh, lose yourself in it, because there's no coming back for this. There's no coming back for this. Uh, they can justify it in any way they want to, and he they, and she did to the rest of the world, and they bought into it, which Justice League is like, what the heck? So it also kind of talks about them. Like, also, to would you rather have it so somebody... Would you rather have an army that went in and killed everybody and made sure you were absolutely safe, or would you want to have an army who is for justice and for peace and did things the right way? And it looks like this Earth, at least in this comic, has chosen they'd rather be safe because of what happened to Phoenix, uh, they'd rather be safe than uh, bring true justice to this uh, invading force. And uh, do they lose themselves also on that? And what kind of slippery slope do we go down? So I, I, I agree, Alex. Best issue so far. Uh, my favorite issue so far. One of my favorite issues of all year, I would say. Um, even art-wise, fantastic. Uh, we're getting into the kind of gritty of this book. I know the first couple... I would say the first six or even more than that, there's some beautiful scenery. And now it's like the reality versus what the painted picture was that they wanted us to see. And it's not pretty. So, Yeah, I agree with you guys. Like, I think uh, this one really uh, turned everything on its head. And we are we're in the end game now. Because, like, what we thought was Alana this whole time, we thought she was, like, covering up for her husband. Like, she was just being a devoted wife to her husband, um, not really convinced that uh, he's done any wrongdoing. But now that she knows uh, the hellstorm coming towards Adam, uh, not going to be so great. Uh, and I'm really curious, does Alana, sorry, I guess we were, I don't know if we were trying to spoil this or not, but I want to know if Alana knows whether or not her child is alive or not. Which I'm guessing she doesn't. Like, I'm guessing she's been told that her daughter's dead. Well, now, because he wrote the letter, right? And she read right. it. So that's where it kind of ends is Adam coming in. He goes, what's this letter from Mr. Terrific? Which actually made me laugh. I don't know why. But he's like, what's this letter that says from Mr. Terrific? And uh, did you read this? And it's like, did you read this thing that kind of shows uh, how I'm a piece of shit? And uh, she <laughs> now knows what happened. And, well, you're, well, you're correct, though, Garrett. Like, it's like... Does she, once again, does she now have this? She has a choice now that's similar to the choice that he made. Does she say this is worth it to do to do what we did and to continue doing what we're doing for our daughter? And to them, their daughter is their world, but it also is one person versus the millions that he's killed so far. 
maybe I mean, millions might be too much thousands we'll say but there's a lot of people especially in that issue nine when he took over that town and gassed it and they all ran out and they all fell into a huge hole that he created that was a lot of people that he killed at once so i got a question would adam strange be devoted enough to the selling point of working with the uh the picks to kill his own wife just to get his daughter back because that really uh, depends on what what he finds important. If she were to turn and be like, no, we can't do this. Like, it's not worth it. Uh, obviously, he thinks it is. So he's going to have to make a decision. Um, I guess that's my, my curiosity is that, I mean, he loves his wife. But for the first nine issues, his wife is on his team supporting him. And then at Even this when point she time, found out if he's it, already read the, if he read the the note that Terrific had written, he already knows he's he's up a shit creek. I will say I also, the wife? Alex, um, when she found out that he actually did kill that one guy, the uh, the guy that came to his book signing and said he was a war criminal and all stuff like that, and he actually did kill him. Um, she was still on his side then. Because she felt it was justified. So is, is she going to find this justified? I don't know. And actually, that's a really compelling cliffhanger to be. It's not really like a cliffhanger where it's it's more of a emotional character cliffhanger. Is like, what's her decision going to be, and where she go from here? Um, but I remember looking back to when he we found out he actually did kill that guy, and and my mind being blown, be like, he's a piece of sh-. like, why would he kill this guy? And I think I even justified at the time. I felt like it was justified because he was like, you know, I, I had to, all this stuff. And and then now where we're at, I don't know if I, like me, I made the decision to be like, you're like, no, I think this is too much at this point. Like people were on their knees, war, uh, uh, people he captured, and he went down the line and shot them all in the back of the head. Like, I think, but he was doing it one at a time, yeah. too. And he, he kept counting down. I was like, that's I was going to say, he. Sick. it wasn't like he tried to end it quickly. He was making it a show. Whether it be for him, if he enjoyed it that much. Which, I mean, if these people capture your daughter and like you made, they made a deal like, oh, you can kill all our people. That, that way we can make it look like you're working with us. You might actually have a hatred for these people. So he actually might enjoy it even though he is putting on a show. But he actually, in his heart, be, is like, fuck these people. Uh, and is enjoying it and killing them. Because if you look at the way that he was killing people, uh, he wasn't just going around and shooting a bunch of people. He was finding ways to make them suffer. And uh, uh, he was tor- basically torturing them. And Because, uh, like, Mira, they even captured that one guy. And they tortured him for information. And uh, it, 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 it's, there's a lot of gray. And it, it, what you state, Alex, is it's probably the ultimate question. I don't really care if the Justice League, just, you know, the Justice League is not going to go with Adam Strange, like the the world uh, already made a decision. Uh, but what does she do? Because that's really going to be the crux of this ending: is how does she react now that she knows the truth? Mm. I, I, I this uh, issue, which actually we've been saying for a long time, and uh, uh, I think. We've been, I think all of us have been saying this that there's a mystery when we find out what actually happens. I feel like it's all going to fit into place and it's going to make it the rest of the issues uh, read better and be like, oh, this was what happened this whole time. It's going to, I never expected 
this kind of twist, and but it has done what I thought it was going to do and made the past uh, nine issues uh, read different. Now, when you go back and read that and you see he's killing all those people, you know you're just reading war stories that he's, he made up, and it wasn't actually what happened on that planet. Damn. Yeah, it's pretty mind-blowing. It's, uh, yeah, I, the next two months, are, or I guess next four months, are going to be pretty interesting. I'm going to give it 10. I loved it. Me I too. thought it was obviously, you know, this is what we love about Tom King books. You know, he does all this, the seeding and then it finally, you know, grows and you're just like, you know, the, it, the reveal happens and it makes everything else make a lot more sense. Um, and that's what I love about Tom King's writing. Um, I'm sure it's going to happen in Rorschach, Alex. Just hold on. It's coming. <laughs> I, I can't believe that. I can't believe that it, it would wait nine issues to be like, hey, by the way, Here's the good point. Here's the good stuff. It's all been good. You just didn't realize it's all been it yet. Shit. You just haven't realized it yet. But ten but for Strange Adventures. Uh, I'm gonna. This was by far a ten. There was. I almost feel like a monster loving this issue so much because there's a lot of shit we learned about some characters, but it's so so well worth it. Uh, I'm gonna give it a ten too. Uh, it's almost like uh, it bringing it to like a real real world example. It's almost kind of how like <clears throat> war propaganda they'll show like, hey, we're doing the right thing. We're we're trying to defeat a war. Like we have to do this, and then you actually see the tapes on the fl- on the ground, and what actually happened, and that's what we saw this issue. So it is weird to be like, this is my favorite issue, as you stated, Alex. But to see the veil uh, be taken off, and we're actually seeing for the first time what actually has happened there, and for that conspiracy guy who we thought was a conspiracy guy that he was a war criminal, uh, was correct. And all these rumors about Adam Strange were correct. But here's the thing, too, in the kind of way the issue ends, is that Adam lied to everybody, uh, and even the invading forces. And uh, he might have something else up his sleeve. But then again, still, does it justify, uh, does the, you know, the means justify the end? Uh, is that the right word? Is the end justify the means? One of the two. Uh, but does the rest what he's done so far like is that worth it for the outcome that he'll eventually have? So, um, fantastic, the art fantastic, and like I stated, uh, the first like when you're being told the story of how great Adam did and he was like this war hero for them, it was beautiful, and now we see he's more of this uh, uh, war criminal, and uh, it was pretty disturbing, but still looks nice. So, uh, that's. Mitch Goretz and uh, Doc Shen for you. Um, uh, Sweet Tooth, uh, final issue of Volume 1, number 5. Uh, Jeff Lemire, Jeff Lemire, the twins are back. Uh, issue number 5, the finale. So here's what I went into this issue, kind of really thinking about it. Actually, it really uh, surprised me is I wanted, like I was curious, where do we end up? Right, we've been, you know, having four issues of Sweet Tooth. Well, issue one was Sweet Tooth, kind of getting interested them, but the rest of the issues were them kind of traveling. And how far do we go now before this trade ends? Like, I was curious, where do we end up? Uh, I will say, uh, horse face aside, um, once again, eyes in the front. Uh, horse face aside, uh, this issue they get past a bunch of these people who are blocking passage to the sanctuary. Um, is that what it's called? Preserve. 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 Um, and because they know that a lot of people go that way, and so they're trying to 
you know, find uh, hybrids and capture them. Uh, so it's very action-packed at first, and they both kind of get hurt. And then we have this almost kind of, uh, which this is the part that surprised me the most. I never expected kind of like this, you know, fast travel where it kind of like in one page kind of showed them going a long distance and finally getting there. Uh, and then we see the conclusion that uh, Mr. Jeopard did bring him to the preserve to uh, sell him. And uh, now Sweet Tooth is at the uh, preserve, which Mr. Uh, Jeopard had uh, acted like was this beautiful place for hybrids, and it looks more like a prison camp. And it ends with uh, Sweet Tooth going Mr. Jeopard. Mr. Jeopard helped me, and Mr. Jeopard obviously is conflicted about it, but he still lets Sweet Tooth be taken away, and he turns around and takes away his money, and that's where it kind of ends. Gary, uh, what do you think, Mr. Jeopard here? That son of a bitch. You know, I was reading this, and like, wow, what an intense, ish, uh, intense issue. And for Jeopard to go through so many bodies just to get him for a switch, like a switcheroo, I was like, Wow, whatever he, whatever's motivating him, uh, must be pretty powerful to like literally sacrifice. I know he's got antlers, but still, a human being to be what we would theorize is to like be tested on because he's different. Um, you know, I at the end of the book, the issue, I was half expecting that yellow bag to be full of uh, candy bars, <laughs> like the chocolate bars, and I'd be like, "You son of a bitch!" <laughs> like, that's why this book's Murphy's. called Sweet Tooth. <laughs> but it didn't happen. <clears throat> um, I agree. It was a very action-packed issue, but also a very intense, especially with that ending issue. You know, Sarge, I mentioned in one of his voicemails that he could never really get into this because of the art, which is a kind of a barrier to get into. I know there's some other Jeff Lemire titles that are, um, uh, have that kind of barrier because of how it looks. Gary, what was that one you didn't like to read? Trillium. That's right. Um, I actually, I like that, uh, but Garrett could never get into that. But I feel like the beginning of this is kind of, well, kind of rough, but the last part, especially with all the sanctuary uh, uh, preserved stuff, um, looks great. Uh, uh, Panel-wise, coloring-wise, everything. Um, but it, you know, it's kind of hit and miss. It's an old Jeff Lemire. I think Royal City, if you're looking for a comic, like he's kind of almost like watercolory then, and and he understands that you don't have to have so many lines, and he's kind of looser with his style, and kind of found like what he needs to do for it. I think like if you're looking for a Jeff Lemire book to read, like his newer stuff is probably easier to digest. But I mean, I, I won't disagree. Uh, sometimes his book looks very rough. But it's Jeff Lemire's style, so I kind of give it a pass because I know he draws like this. Um, and I, I know the story is going to be excellent. Like I said, the horse has his eyes in front of his head again in this issue. And I know that's not true. That's not, uh, as Alex calls, uh, real. So There's when the horse gets shot in the leg. And even that, the whole body shot looked weird. Like it was all drawn in like just shapes. Here's an oval for the back of the leg. Here's the fat rump on him. Here's another circle, and I was like, oh, this is tough to look at. Most of the time, I enjoyed the art. The art is usually very good. Um, but I, I had moments in this one where I struggled. Especially, like, when there's that panel when he's, uh, the horse is going through two different buses. Um, it's very rough compared to the rest of the book. So, But, I mean, like I said, I think if I wasn't a fan of Jeff Lemire and seen his newer stuff, uh, it, this, like I said, this feels like early Jeff Lemire, which it is. Uh, he wasn't brand new, but this also was like one of the big first big things that he got mainstream attention for. And so it, it's 
it's almost like the beginning of his style. Uh, and uh, I, I kind of can take it for that. Be like, oh, I see where this comes from. Like, I know he could do better than this. And it does get better every issue, I'll say. So um, I will say this, though. I never expected this final issue to uh, put me in a place where I was like, I got to read the rest of this. Like, <laughs> I can't just, you just can't end it with Sweet Tooth, uh, Gus being taken away and Jeopard walking away with uh, the, the duffel bag. Um, and then in the uh, omnibus that I'm reading, it has the next six issues and the next uh, cover uh, is very interesting. I won't say what it is in case it's spoilers, um, but uh, it's a great cover. I will say this, this, this series so far has great covers. Um, uh, they're very iconic. They're very, uh, they kind of tell what's happening in the book without telling you. And so I, I've been enjoying seeing them in this omnibus between issues. Uh, and probably one of my favorite things to look at in this issue. I would say art wise, if you're like that, the covers that Jeff is doing are fantastic in this, uh, series. So, um, Garrett, I'm, I'm excited for you to, uh, uh, or I'm excited to hear you say, that you really love this issue because I remember you were on board at the first. So yeah, I, I wasn't a big fan of the first issue, um, but uh, yeah, we've come a long way since then, and uh, yeah, it's been pretty great. So um, you know, there might be a surprising announcement here in a couple minutes, but uh, yeah, well, I'll have to wait till we get there, I suppose. <laughs> I will say I'm going to give this issue a nine just because of that horse piece. I can't give it a ten. Uh, but I will say if uh, the other thing that um, I'll have to state now with uh, us reading, you know, the first trade of this ongoing series, that's 40 issues, 40 issues, right, Garrett? I mean, Alex? Yes. Uh, do I continue? And I think I, I would like to continue. So uh, I'm going to give this a, a nine, very strong nine, except for the horse face. So. I'm going to, I'm going to go 10. I, I really liked it. Uh, I think I've come a long way since issue one. Um, I swear to God, if that bag is full of chocolate bars, I'm just going to be pissed, but I doubt that's <laughs> what it is. But yeah, I want to know what's going on with Jeopard. Cause it's got to be pretty big for him to like turn in Gus for that. And then, you know, poor Gus the guy barely knows what the world's like and now he's going to be thrown into prison. So that's going to be pretty rough. So yeah, I mean, I'm very intrigued to see what happens next as well. And yes, for sure. I do want to keep reading. Well, I got to imagine after Gus knocks his head on the ground and has that, that fever dream of his dad and his dad goes, I told you to stay in the forest or you were safe. And I was like, no, Mr. Jeopard's my friend. And then to find out seven pages later, shit, Mr. Jeopard is not my friend. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty heartbreaking. You're right, Dad. His dad was right. Uh, uh, that the girls who were like, "Hey, he's not. You don't want to go with him." They were right, and hit the look on Gus's face. I will say that about Jeff's art style. It might not be the prettiest thing to look at, but when you see Gus crying, being taken away, that really does hit a spot. He's great about showing emotion through his pages and having moments like that, and it it doesn't really matter what style he does it in. I think it, it rings true and there's nothing uh, cheesy or over the top with, with the way that he done, he did it in this issue. Uh, and I thought that was a great moment. And like you said, Garrett, it's like what, I don't care what's in that duffel bag. I don't think it's worth it. You could, yeah. be, you know, you know what it probably is, Garrett? It probably is uh, some mounds. Oh gosh. Best candy bar ever. Right? No, it's the worst. That's why I said it. <laughs> You don't like the coconut? No, I don't. I hate coconut. Oh, man. 
Uh, Alex, obviously. I was thinking Twix, Snickers. Those would be okay candy bars Ooh. to sell that kid for, but mounds? Shit. Mass Waka bars. I would if say. If it's the mounds, he's going to go back for some if vengeance. It's post-apocalyptic and there's barely any food or whatever, uh, I guess you, I guess I would take the mounds, but it wouldn't be something I would sacrifice almost dying and bring this kid there for. But Snickers. Would you just eat, would you just eat the tops off like of the mounds? I've never so had, have to get all the I'll tell you this. I don't like coconut, and I know that for a fact. I've had other candy with coconut in it, and I've never liked any of them, but I've never actually tried mounds mm. because it has coconut, and I've always been like, no, I won't like that. So I don't even know but what you're talking about coconut right now. might be the might be the tip over the uh, the edge for you. Snickers, though. M- mounds are okay, but I would never go out of my way to buy one. Yeah, if you, if you happen to get it in a Halloween variety pack, you might as well try it out. But otherwise, well, at uh, that point, just throw them out. <laughs> I'm saying if someone, I'm saying if someone's buying you candy bar and it's between a mound and an almond joy, go with the mound. Oh no 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 almond joy all the way. I do like almonds. Almonds almonds. almonds. And at that point, when that person again offers you just almond joy or mounds, you go fuck you. I need a new friend. <laughs> yeah, give me a fucking Snickers. <laughs> or now, you're starting start to sound like that, Joe Pesci. Uh, if he had a bunch of Reese's cups in there, that kid, yeah. I would do anything to bring that kid there. So, what, what were we calling the Reese's peanut butter cups uh, a couple months back? There was something about it. Oh, uh, they were thick. Yes, they were. Yeah. <laughs> they were good yeah. and thick. Good yeah. and thick. <laughs> and I would also think Reese. Snickers. I would do that also with, but I wouldn't want. The regular size or bigger Snickers, I would want a bunch of fun size. Just because sometimes they get a little too much to be chewing. And so, especially in post-apocalyptic, I feel like you always got to be on the run. So, a fun size. I'll take a bunch of fun sizes. Oh, at that point, you're gonna get, I'm going to get the peanut butter uh, peanut butter Snicker squares. Those are the bomb. Or a bunch of, a bunch of Reese's eggs. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'll kill everybody Christmas on my trees, way. There. Pumpkins, <laughs> eggs. Thick as fuck. Good and thick. <laughs> Uh, there we go. Alex obviously has read the uh, rest of the series, so he's kind of biased and can't really say what he thinks about it. But you know, I'm guessing uh, uh, he, if he continued on, he enjoyed it. So there's that. Um, Garrett, what was his book club called? Wednesday Comics League of Extraordinary Gentle People proudly presents. And what is going to be your pick for the next thing we'll read? We're going to go with, and I know it's a big surprise, Sweet Tooth Volume 2, uh, Into Captivity, Issues 6 through 11. So I will tell you guys, I had a pick before going into this show. Um, but I also had in the back of my mind, like, is it like, would our fans be like, oh, really? They're just going to read the next volume? But I'm like, the first volume was so interesting, and to not keep doing what we've been doing on an issue to issue basis, at least for the next couple of weeks, I couldn't handle it. I'd be reading it anyways. And I just, you know, I think it would be a, not a fun time to just like drop off this universe uh, with our show. Uh, my other pick was a contained story, but I'll save that for another time. Cause I think we're just having fun reviewing this book and like reading it. And like, it's been a long time since I've read a book that I know has like multiple issues coming out and like, I have something to look forward to. So that's, uh, it's pretty awesome. Well, just think by the time we talk about it next week, isn't the show going to be out on Friday? It will be this Friday, actually. So, so we'll actually get to watch the show if we chose to and talk about this. There we go. Little, little Sweet Tooth Nation. Little two for one. Homework right there. Uh, speaking of which, Alex, I'm glad that you brought that up because because of that, 
Comixology is having a DC Spotlight sale on Sweet Tooth. You can get the uh, deluxe editions, the book one, the one that I'm reading right now, two and three, which the three uh, uh, would be the whole series. Uh, instead of 20 bucks for Easter, it's only $6.79. Shit. Oh, they're going to do it to me again, guys. <laughs> So you get the whole thing there. That way you can uh, finish it up. And- if I may, just read on Hoopla because that's what I'm doing. I know. I have to get my library card renewed because I haven't been in a library in like four years. And like obviously if I've only been using like Hoopla. And so it's like if you don't rent a book, you can't keep your library card. you know. And I'm like, well, I've been renting digital books. Actually, that happened to me. And I called and was like, hey, can I renew this? And I was like, I've been using your digital services. I just haven't been into one, obviously, because of what's been going on. And they were able to renew it over the phone. So, Oh, perfect. You know, I know. It gave me a number to call. I was just like, I was expecting they would be like, come in and like rent a DVD for 10 days, you know, or something like that. Like, yeah, it was pretty quick and easy. They just updated my information and made sure it was mm-hmm. all still good. And then she reactivated. I didn't even have to get a new card. They just reactivated it for me. So. Oh, solid. There you go. Uh, sweet Tooth. Uh, continues. There we go. Uh, to end the show today, something we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, at least I have, was my journey through Jep- uh, Jupiter's Legacy, uh, the series on Netflix. After uh, uh, being a fan of Jupiter's Legacy and Circle, the comic books, uh, us all in the show, uh, I was t- decided to dip my toes into the show and uh, told the guys, "Hey." <laughs> Might be a little dangerous in here. You might want to stick back. I'll finish it off and we'll see what happens. And then I was like, this is horrible. Um, Netflix decides to cancel it. Netflix has canceled Mark uh, Miller's Jupiter's Legacy series after one season. Sources claim the comic property will be maybe reworked in the future. Deadline is reporting that Netflix has decided to pass on making season two of Jupiter's Legacy. Uh, they have released the cast from the commitments as a result. Netflix may bring back the property in a different form, but for now, Miller and the streamer uh, the streamer Netflix have created differences that they couldn't resolve in time to secure the cast. Um, and then Mark Miller has a quote here. We're confident we'll return to it later. And so there is that, uh, which guys, this, I'll tell you what season one ends on that. Uh, as I stated that, uh, lack, lackluster, uh, cliffhanger. And I don't know how I'm going to live not knowing what happens next. So, uh, <laughs> Uh, they have a picture here in this article of uh, Josh, Josh Dumel as Utopian, and it, it, just by looking at that picture, you can tell why they cancel it. So, um, But <laughs> they also took this opportunity when they announced that they were canceling that to announce that they will be producing a new show. It's a live-action Super Crooks series, uh, and they're going to – so Super Crooks is a book that Mark did um, – Besides, like it was, a, it was his own book, and it wasn't really in the. Uh, um, God, what am, I, what am I trying to say? It wasn't really in the Jupiter's Legacy kind of world, uh, but now they're kind of putting it in that world. So it's going to be a spinoff of Jupiter's Legacy called Super Crooks, which will be about bad guys in that world. Uh, That's like stupid. Yeah. They they cancel one show <laughs> that was obviously going to be way more popular than that, and then they are like, "Well, hey." Since this didn't work, we'll try the spinoff show on the show that people didn't like, and maybe they'll like this different perspective. That doesn't make any sense. At that point in time, Mark Miller has written a shitload of books. Do Starlight. Do Nemesis. Do other things. You don't don't do yeah a a slide off of a book you already did. Come on, be original. 
do Magic Order. Do Hawk. Uh, although Jupiter's Legacy will not be returning to Netflix for a second season, the world of the series will continue in a spinoff, Super Crooks. Mark Miller's works are getting another live-action Netflix adaptation, this time focusing on the villains of Miller World. Uh, the series will take place in the same universe as Jupiter's Legacy show, although it may not include any of the same characters. Um, yada, yada, yada. Comic book written by Mark Miller, Loyal Francis Yu on the art. Uh, it is a series about Johnny Bolt planning a major heist together for the sake of money and the thrills. Uh, a super crook anime adaptation was uh, being produced by Bones, uh, a production company Bones already. It's planned to be released later this year, 13 episodes of 30 minutes each. Uh, but now they're also producing the live action adaptation. Been asked, I've been asked a lot about what we're planning next for this world, and the answer is to see what supervillains are getting up to. I always love crime stories from Scorsese to uh, Tarantino. Supervillains are the most fun part of any superhero story. To do something exclusively focused on the villains they fight just feels incredibly fresh as we explore what it's like to be a bad guy in a world crawling with good guys who want to put you in jail. Uh, Suicide Squad. (laughs) (laughs) Jupiter's Legacy. Well, I mean, also like... Uh, the boys, everything. But, oh, boy, what if they're bad with superpowers? Uh, Jupiter's Legacy is a vast and rich space with a lot of characters, so I'm happy to share the next step in the live action. Uh, so technically, Miller World is all connected. So even though originally these were two separate properties, they technically take place in the same world. So they're going to use that opportunity to be like, hey, the Jupiter's Legacy is still continuing. But why even consider it a spinoff of that show when you cancel that show? Why not just be like, hey, we got a brand new show coming out, Super Crooks. Why even try to make it connected to something you just canceled? Um, Do Empress. Bring Empress. Make that a live action. Oh, God, that'd be so great. I'm sure Marvel would be like, well, never give that to What was that uh, time uh, time travel one? Chrononauts. Chrononauts. Where's that at? That one would be fun as shit. Like, I'm just, I'm, how disappointing. There are so many other good comic books by Mark Miller that they could have chosen to do. And I get if they're all connected somewhere or another, whatever. Not a big deal. But if the superhero thing didn't work, don't do supervillains. Step away from it. Go to something else. There's so many other options. So many other titles. All right. Well, anyways, whatever. that's the uh, Mark Miller update. I think, I think my, my Jupiter's Legacy talk needed some sort of conclusion, and that'll be it. Unless... That show comes out, and I'm like, and I see Josh Duhamel and the, the previews. And I'm like, I gotta read that. I mean, I gotta watch that. I gotta see how this ends. <laughs> He's gonna play one of the villains. That's what his other commitment was. Let him out of one contract to sign him up for this one. God, he was so bad on that show, especially that part. <laughs> his where facial he, hair was so bad when he yells. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> no, no. I'm trying to think. There was. I think I said this when I played it a couple weeks ago. There's something in a comedic movie where the guy screams that way. Oh, yeah, I mentioned it on the show. It was Bedazzled with Brendan Fraser. He screams the <laughs> same way. And it, it, God, it, it makes me laugh still. Even when I watch a clip of it back now of Duper's Legacy and Josh uh, screaming, it still makes me laugh. Um, got it. I, I can't believe I, I, like I said, there was always one little nugget to keep me going. and But it's obviously not enough for the series to continue. And I'm glad. 
I don't know what creative differences Mark Miller and Netflix had. Maybe Mark Miller's on the right side of this, being like, hey, guys, this is shit. What are you doing with this? This isn't how it should be. <laughs> and they were like, nah, we want to continue this. Uh, uh, maybe not the best idea to have you know, all eight issues or eight episodes be about how you get to that fucking island. Because um, honestly, that's not compelling at all in the comic. And I don't know why you stretch that out. Uh, all the All the circle stuff is fantastic and that should have been in the uh, show so uh, I think they were just planning to be like hey that'll be season two and three well now you fuck yourself all right yeah <laughs> now who's now who's crying Josh Jamel. Uh Wednesday comic 605 at gmail.com it's just Josh Jamel's fault in my head he did everything with that show he wrote it he directed it <laughs> he obviously cast himself in two different roles I know they're the same person but they could have got somebody else for that little guy, but they just put makeup on him. Which is kind of weird because everybody in the past <laughs> plays themselves in the future and they put makeup on them and all the makeup looks horrible. Um, <laughs> you can certainly, you can absolutely tell it's makeup. Uh, he's, he's, he even looks at the beard. He's like, yep, this looks real. This looks good. Put it on. <laughs> What's strange about it, though, is that um, you know how quietly draws a lot of wrinkles? So basically everybody that's old in that show has a lot of wrinkles like that's the way you put it makeup on it's like yeah give him like a hundred wrinkles on underneath his eyes and it's like okay well is that guy okay looks like he's dying um <laughs> wednesday comic 605 <laughs> at gmail.com let us know if you're excited for super crooks uh 605-215-1849 send us a voicemail like sarge did there our core will pick up and let you know what is going on uh remember though uh it, it looks like three minutes i didn't even know that actually three minutes is the uh the max. So if you want to leave us a longer voicemail, you certainly can. Uh, WednesdayComics.com, there's a button that says message, and I know you can just drop a file or record it directly from there, and I don't think there's any kind of limit on that. So uh, while you're there at WednesdayComics.com, subscribe to the show any way you would like to. Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Apple Podcasts actually updated their app. Looks fantastic. Uh, new show logo looks fantastic on there. It took a little gander of it on there and if you would like to too go ahead and uh, go to Wednesday Comics on the Apple Podcast app and check that out uh, make sure to uh, spread the news about the show uh, tell your friends uh, if you're trying to get somebody into comic books it's always nice to that's how I kind of really get into comics was started listening to podcasts about it I was like I gotta read this see what's going on so if you want to get somebody into it you've been trying for years that's a good way to kind of ease them in uh, you can also go to WednesdayComics.com and click on the website button and get some gear. My nicest little Wednesday Comics shirt, uh, nice and soft. Uh, it feels fantastic. I got the uh, the Heather uh, Navy. Did you get that one too, Garrett? Uh, I got the Heather. Yeah, I think it was Navy. Well, yes, it was Heather Navy. Yeah. Well, and it's you super might, comfy. You might peek uh, me and Garrett being twins on Free Comic Book Day. Who knows? Uh, he's ready to twin with somebody else, but I'm taking his job. So, uh, <laughs> he's too busy being a secretary. Um, roots of the swamp thing.com, your definitive source for all things swamp thing. Swamp thing is having a big anniversary coming up here. So go to roots of the swamp thing.com for more information and how you can join that live show. Raymond comics and cards.com. As I stated before, your definitive source for all things, comics, cards, and collectibles. Go to Raymond comics and cards.com. For more information. And always keep an eye on Supercon.com. Coming back this year, as I stated, in October. Beginning of October 1st through the 3rd. More information as it comes out. Supercon.com. Our friends over there at the Supercon. Uh, 
Hey, you know, we're always we make an appearance one way or another. We make ourselves known there. And like I said, uh been doing it even since year one when year one we weren't invited, but we invaded. And uh and then they were like, you know what, you can stick around. That is what happens, like Adam Strange, right? He invaded and they were like, you know what, let's work together. Uh and uh and so that's what's been going on now. So um Anything else? Is that all the stuff? Oh, Twitter at Wednesday Comics. Follow us on Twitter at Wednesday Comics, uh, or you can follow Karat Twenty One Eighty Eight at the AP Keaton. Am I correct? Correct. And at Marvin underscore Sal Guerrero. If you want to follow me there, um, Facebook. Yeah, yeah, we're on there too. But I haven't been on there in at least two, three years. So who knows what it looks like now? Garrison charge of that. Um, <laughs> uh, probably. Yeah, looks I'm, like, uh, uh, I haven't touched it in like since last year. So I was gonna say it, it probably looks like uh, that post-apocalyptic sweet tooth world, uh, <laughs> and uh, you might just see a picture of a Snickers on there if you go there. So, <laughs> <laughs> what would be the worst candy for it to be in there? Like uh, those bottle caps? What if you you wouldn't do anything without a bottle cap? I would have killed the guys on on site if they gave me a bottle caps in that duffel bag. <laughs> What's um? What are they called? Good and plenties, the ones that taste like licorice. Yeah. That's oh God, good, gross. Good and plenties. That's what. That's that'd be the deal breaker for me. I can handle hot tamale, but good and plenties. Fuck you. Mm. <sighs> and we know, Alex, what they say. Cool today, hot tamale, and it is going to be hot, hot, hot. So if I'm here next week, I will be Marvin. <laughs> I'll still be here. I'm Alex. Yeah, I got AC working right now, so I'll be here. I'm Garrett. Hey, everyone, stay cool and keep turning those pages. When I